the wrestling court. I'd rather have my wrestlers alive now than for them to be carrying weapons and drugs around in the locker room. Like, don't sit there and act like you're some big tough guy. The only time I ever tolerated Jarrett was his WCW 2000 gimmick. After when that, <laughs> when he went to TNA, all of his matches were exactly the same. She's not friggin' safe. It is ridiculous, and she'll laugh at us for this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrestling Court, where we are going to talk about AEW's Forbidden Door and the wrestling world's reaction to yesterday's news, along with some ongoing stuff that's been carried over to this week. Yo, I'm your host, Julian Cannon, here with my good friend here, Rob. And I must say, for everyone who's missed out, I'm now a marketing reporter for DigiDay. So... It's been He's quite busy. a good run so far. <laughs> <laughs> Julian's been busy. Let's put it that way. Yes. Uh, but, wait, what number are we at? What episode number are we at now? Do we even know? Like 400 and something? We're at, hold on, give me a second. While I'm looking, continue. All right. So, you know, Julian has been killing it, man. He's been doing lots of work. If you guys are not following him on Twitter... Go on Twitter, oh. follow him. He's doing a lot of work for a lot of other websites, and he's really killing it, man. I'm really proud of him. Thank he's you doing so a much. Lot of good work, bro. <laughs> uh, this is today's gonna be 331. Jeez, I thought we were in the five thousands already. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, no. If we did it more consistently. If we did it every single week, we'd probably be at least uh, oh my god, maybe like another 20 episodes more. But there were some times when yeah, can't do it. <laughs> exactly. You know. <laughs> Whatever breaking news happens in the real world, I just have to see wrestling world's reaction. And mm. yesterday we got that awful news coming from the U.S. government, and yeah. we saw a few wrestlers that chimed in, particularly um Gunner Jackson Riker and Ugh. Kane. Oh, so the usual suspects. Yeah, usual suspects. And guess who recently sided with Kane? You, this is one thing you were, we were talking about, what we're kind of talking about, that I'm so befuddled by because his ideology usually isn't like that. Which well, is, we're talking about gold dust, right? Well, well, I'm not talking about um that side. I mean, like, right oh. now, right now, like, about two hours ago. Oh, I have no idea then. I thought it was Dustin Rhodes. I was going to say, you got to be fucking kidding me. Because he's <laughs> very open-minded. I'm When Kane, just a little context, a couple weeks ago, Julian showed a post about Kane bitching about gas prices. Yeah. And then Dustin Rhodes agreeing with him. And I'm like, but this dude's been so open. He has a transgender uh, stepchild. And he's been very vocal and supportive of everybody. So it's so weird to see him side with Kane on anything. So I was afraid it was one of those. But who was it? JTG. Oh, well, there you go. So his response was, um, cis heterosexual men are not allowed to have an opinion on social media about women. You get blackballed and slash or insulted from various groups. Don't fall for it, fellas. Um, at Kane, someone I highly respect, spoke his mind and the mob is right on time with their pitchforks. Dude. All right. Look, you know, it's difference of opinions. I think we're all kind of, on the same side of this together. Yes. Um, and most of wrestlers nowadays uh, are very supportive of that. Um, we know CF Punk was a huge supporter of that. He's, he loves his wife. Yeah, he, he has the uh, t-shirt Yeah, he was not playing around. He was more, I love, he did it in Texas. He did it in these places. He proved the point. And a lot of other people have been on that side. Like it's a lot of wrestlers. Uh, but you get these some wrestlers that like, you know, 
and it's kind of sad because at the end of the day, you you kind of I hate to say this. This sounds like such a dick thing to say, but I'm gonna say it. Fuck it, whatever. You yeah. you notice the wrestler's caliber of stardom tends to fall with certain sizes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, like, geez, oh dude, yeah. No disrespect, dude. You're on NWA for like five minutes every other week or so. You're not that important. Uh, you've fallen from grace a long time ago as no one really cared about you. They only cared about you because I mean, I don't want to say it. I'm not going to say it. We only cared about you a couple years ago because a good man passed away who was your partner. And like he, JTG got a little more recognition, not saying he was so not don't take it as if, oh, he's he's like soaking in because his partner passed away. That's not true. That was his best friend. They were good friends. I'm not saying that. But the idea is like. Don't use that little bit of relevancy to push stupidity. Yes. Or if you're just angry or you mad at women and shit, cut it the fuck out. Because at the end of the day, this is serious. If a woman had to tell a guy about what to do with their body, you would be against it right away. Exactly. So they would be in Hey, Rob, they would be the first one shutting that shit down. But yeah, all, the, all the stories we used to hear about came being very intelligent, but... It makes me think to my. It makes me think to myself. Do wrestlers think he's actually intelligent, or because he talks smarter? Look, because uh, there's a difference between intelligent and talking very, very articulately. How can I say this? Oh, fuck it. What am I keep apologizing for? You know, if they don't care, why should I care? Yeah. I'm going to say it like this. Most people who got into wrestling would never highly educate people. There was a very small group of wrestlers who are highly intelligent people no disrespect as much as we say what we want by jbl being a bully he's actually a very smart man he's smart uh, who else raven uh nick Bockwinkle. raven was freaking a genius clint look his iq is he's mental level if i'm not mistaken um you have certain guys that are just really highly intelligent guys but then you have guys that you get when you get into wrestling unfortunately it's like being a football player or a boxer you know, no one sits there and talks about how this boxer had this beautiful genius. He wrote this beautiful book. Look, Muhammad Ali was articulate until he wasn't anymore. Yeah. You know, uh, that was because of boxing, but very few boxes were intelligent. Very few football players are super intelligent because your physical body being used on the line as your bread and butter shows your caliber of intelligence. And remember, old school wrestlers, a lot of them had other careers in other sports. Remember, it wasn't until like the generation of the Hardys and Edge and those guys were wrestlers grew up watching wrestling. Yes. Got to remember the idea that we have. Because yeah, uh, before they came up, a lot of the wrestlers that we see in the 80s builders. and 70s, they were bodybuilders coming in and training as wrestlers. You have guys that like, you know, they were no college athletes also. Mick, okay, maybe the first inclination of that would be a guy like Mick Foley. Mick, of course, was a fan. Bubba Ray was a fan. He was in the audience and he saw, you know, they grew up being lovers of wrestling. But 99% of wrestlers, Hogan, um, you know, maybe Pipe, not Superstar Piper Billy Graham. Superstar, they were, that was a job for them and hired guys who were former football players, former wrestlers, former art, you know, Roman Greco wrestlers, former whatever, you know. They, that's the old guard. And that Kane and all those guys only got into wrestling. Undertaker played basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like they had other sports. They didn't watch it. They weren't fans. See, what I drives me crazy 
is as we're seeing, most wrestling fans now, most wrestlers are wrestling fans. And 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 they grew up loving wrestling, which is the way, you know, happened in the comic book industry. Original comic book creators didn't want to be comic book artists. They wanted to be fine artists, but, yeah. you know, they wanted to make money. So they became commercial artists. And then by the 50s and 60s, they're those artists were fans of the older art and then they started so that's what happens you know wrestling you know, also wrestling back in the day kept it so close-knit because they didn't want anyone just to know so like you know yeah and i'll also yeah. add to that um i remember kevin nash said years back that today's the marks are running the business now will you take the context of what kevin nash said and analyze who is in the wrestling today whether the marks is the good or the bad term you realize he's kind of right in that sentiment well it's it but that doesn't mean nothing the marks are running the combo business for the last 40 years well yeah the combo business too <laughs> yeah but i mean as far as the wrestling uh, context goes, that's, that's also a little stupid yeah. too because if you think about it with music bands like you know how many music groups that came out in the 90s and the 2000s like the 80s rock bands or the 70s rock bands and the 70s and 80s rock bands grew up with the 60s rock bands you know what i'm saying yeah like that's their marks then they, like it, i feel like mark gets thrown around so frivolously nowadays just like the word geek otaku weeb these words that are supposed to be disrespectful right i feel when they they use these terms they're trying like when people call you a geek back in the day that was a derogatory term yes. uh, a, a weeb or an otaku like in japan the word otaku wasn't a good term people don't understand that they hear oh it's a japanese word for geeks like yeah but when they use the word otaku it's like someone going up to you and go you're a fucking nerd you fucking loser that's what otaku meant then of course over time people are like fuck it i don't care call me an otaku then otaku became a term of endearment oh there's train otakus there's manga otakus there's a bridge otakus like no that just people who like shit Stop just fucking using the word. So when it comes to wrestling, oh, you're a fucking mark. No shit. <laughs> Half the wrestlers that are fucking smelling their own fucking drinking their own Kool-Aid, you got your nose up your own ass. You're smelling your own markism. Like you're just marking to yourself. Take it the fuck down and peg it. Stop just throwing the word mark. You're, you're a fucking mark. It's like, yeah, no shit. Dude, if I'm watching wrestling, no shit, I'm a fucking mark. But I like think it's more problems. of the I think it's more the term of um caring too much about Dave Meltzer's star system other than being a fan. You know what? When you come into like people looking at um let's say for movies, right? Like uh, what's that huge uh what people worried about? What what's the website? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Bro. Rotten Tomatoes. Like at the end of the day, like did you care what Cisco and Ebert thought about a movie? Cisco and Ebert half the time called the movie shit and the movies made millions and billions of dollars, right? So did you care about their rating system? There's just two thumbs down. No, you don't. You, if you, if there are people who are snobs and, and who are movie lovers, oh, I won't watch that. Oh, these Marvel movies. Oh, that's not movie. Make as like, take it easy, Mark. You know, it's it's the same thing, you know. Uh, but I feel like the term Mark gets thrown around to every fan now. You're a Mark. It's like, yeah, of course, I'm, a, I'm here. You got my money. And I'm here to I'm in I'm watching your story. Yes, I fall into that category. But, you know, do I care what Dave like I've we've talked about this many times. Dave Meltzer's system means nothing to me because it's like it's one dude's opinion. It's it's like just listening to Cisco and Ebert. Right. You, you know, or listen to Cal, whoever that other guy with the wacky hair used to be used to review movies. You know, that's their opinion. There's lots of like, you know, 
like oh, was it Brian Alvarez and other guys, you know, they, they, they're talking about this stuff and giving ratings to a match. Well, it, if you go to a wrestling show and you enjoy it, then it doesn't matter. Like the other thing when people get, yeah, you're totally, on, you're totally right though. But if I'm a wrestler, am I going out there to impress Dave Meltzer? No, I'm going out there to impress the fans. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I, I think as when it comes to a, um, as a performer, I like to compare when I used to wrestle, right? I want to make sure the crowd, when we used to have our promotion, we didn't have no, we had, dude, if we had a, anyone come into radar matches, it would be like, this is a fucking joke. But, <laughs> but at the end of the day, did we connect with the fans? To me, it's all about, I don't care what someone's star rating is. I don't care what people think about what he has to say. Did I connect to that audience? The worst thing you can have, unless you're in Japan, is a dead crowd. Yeah. A quiet crowd is bad unless you sh- like you do something that's so shocking that you shut them up. That's impressive. You know, especially for an American audience. If you shock a crowd, you could see their faces like, what the fuck did I just see? That that's pretty fucking cool. That doesn't happen very often, but that's pretty cool. Um, at the end of the day, so what makes me crazy is like, you know. It's connecting to the crowd. It's connecting to having people show up. Let's put it this way, Jules. I told you last time I went to a wrestling show was TNA at the Webster Hall. When Christian Cage was there, Kurt Angle was there. The yeah, the, the next time you went back was the AEW show. It's literally going to be in, in August 3rd. I'm going to be in Columbus, Ohio. I'm going to see AEW for the first time. So Rebecca's first wrestling show, and we're near the ring. We wait, wait, hold some... on. You're going to the one August 3rd? Yeah, that's what I'm going to. I never went. I didn't go to Arthur Ashe. Oh, wait, you're, you're actually going to go to Ohio then. Yeah, we're going to Ohio for PowerCon on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it turns out that week we're in Ohio. AEW is going to be in Columbus where we're going to be. So I'm like, it's kind of like meant to be, you know? Oh, good so, luck. Good luck in the Commonwealth state. <laughs> getting the what? Good luck in the Commonwealth state. <laughs> well, you know, we're going to be there for the week. We're going to be there for the convention. There's nothing we can do about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's I'm going to, I, I don't want to be there. Like when we do the convention, we used to do in LA. That was a lot more stuff to do. It's very boring in Columbus. You know, there's not much going on. It's, it's, it's small. So what we're doing is we're going to Hershey, Pennsylvania for the Monday, right? Then from Hershey PA, we're traveling to Ohio by Tuesday. So we'll be in Ohio for Wednesday, going to AEW. And then the convention's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we're going to go to Cedar Park, uh, the amusement park. On the Thursday. So we're going to hit up Hershey Park and Cedar Park. Now, Cedar Park is huge. Guys, if you've never been to Cedar Park and don't live near there, look on YouTube. Cedar Park is fucking massive. It's a huge amusement park. and they got lots right. of rides. It should be a fun day for that. So at least we get a couple of amusement parks out of it. And uh, I haven't been to Hershey Park since I was a kid. So my daughter's going to Hershey Park for the first time. Her first co- real, real big convention is going to be PowerCon. And she's going to get to her first wrestling show ever. So it's going to be cool. First thing she asked me, like, she wasn't excited at first until I showed her the seats. We're off the ring. We're a couple of rows off the ring by the ramp. So it's going to be really good seats. So it's the first thing she said, can we make signs? I'm like, fuck you, man. Yeah, make signs. Have fun. Like, I can't tell you who's going to be there because it's wrestling cards. Subject to change. You never know who's going to be there. But you'll know at least some of the wrestlers. <laughs> you know, going back to this whole thing with Kane, it just it just shows how much intelligence he really, really has. Doesn't have. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> doesn't have. Real. Yeah, it doesn't have. Let's be fucking real. It's like at the end of the day, you know, I hate like when people. Okay, let's go back a little bit to the actions and the response of uh, Booker T, which was last week's. Uh, that was last week, right? Or was it this week? Last week. Last week. 
Booker T said stuff about the way Adam Cole looks. And the truth is that, like, you know what? I said something, and it, I, 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 I get his point. You know, I get mm. as a wrestler, you want that physique. I get it. But in this day didn't and age, we hold on. Didn't we talk about this on the last show we did? How I thought I felt like Adam Cole looks. Well, a you bit had sickly. said personally that you felt this is well before Booker T said anything that um you felt that you know, Adam Cole looked skinnier than he did. Uh, my yeah, thing and, I, that, and I realized I wasn't the only one that said that. I just said that out of pure speculation. Yeah, but but Booker T saying it, he said he needs to do this. He needs to do that first at the end of the story is wrestlers come in all shapes and sizes, always have and always will. Uh, I think the idea of having a physically fit dude in wrestling. Let's go back. I've been watching a lot of old. Uh, I, I subscribe to these YouTube channels that pull up some really obscure, smaller promotions. Yeah, okay. Other than WWE, most wrestlers came in all shapes and motherfucking sizes, and that was from the eighties. You know, it was seventies, eighties. They were all. It was only when Vince said, "Hey, stick this fucking needle in your dick and get some muscles on you," that wrestling became a bodybuilder thing. You know, my thing is that. Piper was never Jack Diesel. You know, Ric Flair was never this huge dude. Actually, he was bigger in the 70s, but whatever. Uh, wrestlers come in all shapes and sizes, you know? And think, the diversity. But, uh, I think the context of what Booker T was trying to say was that he needed to get some size to prevent more injuries down the line. That means nothing because... Hey, uh, I kind of... I'm going to have to... disagree. If I'm going to have to... Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Rob. I'm going to have to dispute that because how many other wrestlers we've seen that got injured that were either not juiced to gills were, were in shape, but came back in a much better physical state. I mean, Biggie had his damn neck broken, and he seems like he's feeling much faster than we think he is. That's because well, no, Biggie has, has setbacks, and this is—I think what saved Big E was his size. Yes, his size. Well, now, that, the idea now, is that Big now, e, hold on. <clears throat> if that was Adam Cole, he would have been out much longer. That is as true as that is. What I'm trying to say is that. Big E is a big dude to begin with. If your body's not meant to be big, you can actually be more prone if you're bigger. You have seen wrestlers that were skinnier get bigger and actually have issues. It's something that affected Eddie Guerrero. And I'm, of course, he did steroids. I'm not trying to say like the steroid, but I'm just saying his style of wrestling did change to a slower speed than he was used to because he put on more mass. I grant that he did it with steroids. We know he did. Let's be fucking real. But that negates the fact of just muscle size doesn't make you better. Sometimes people who get bigger actually become slower or not able to work with that. It happens in, um, you know, in uh, amateur wrestling uh, when they go, oh, they, they bulk up to get to a higher weight class. And it never hardly ever works. Amateur wrestling, boxing, it never really works in their favor. Right. If you remember the famous match with uh, uh, Muhammad Ali's daughter fought the coal miner's daughter, remember? She oh, was a boy. different weight class. Remember that. She was never a heavyweight coal miner's daughter, right? Never. So she had to go up to Aliyah's weight, right? That was Muhammad Ali's daughter's name, right? Aliyah? Uh, uh, yeah, Aliyah, right? Yes. Okay. She went up, to, and then it wasn't good. She lost. Why? Because she wasn't in her weight class. She was not. Yeah, that was a mixed match. It was a mixed match. And then, but the coal miner's daughter had to go up in weight to even compete, which is not who she was. So my idea is, Adam Cole doesn't need to get bigger because whatever we always oh, gonna sustain more injuries. That's kind of bullshit. If your your body is no, no, there's no scientific fact to it. There's no scientific fact to it. That is just hearsay from a wrestler. No, Booker T was always the size Booker T was. I don't know if he might get a little bit more muscular, a little less muscular, but Booker T's been Booker T size for a long time. His knowledge only comes from his size structure. 
every wrestler is different and handles things differently. We've seen guys like Darby Allen, who's much lighter than most guys doing the stuff he does. If he went up in weight, he would be nothing. He could not do anything. He could actually probably end up getting hurt easier. People need to be within their weight limit. I don't mind. It's fine to be in the weight limit, but at least look like you're in shape. Adam Cole does not look like he's in shape. I know it doesn't matter, but he's on TV every week. So what? So what? I don't grew up watching Bastion. I know you don't care, Rob, but guess guess what? There are millions of other people who are watching and thinking to themselves, does this guy even look like a wrestler? But what does that even mean? That makes no, that is the ideology it came from a rapist. You have to look a certain, I'm talking about Vince oh, fucking. Oh, come man. on, don't, don't put it yes, that way. Yes, he's the one that did, I'm going to say it, fuck him, he's a piece of garbage. Uh, and I, I, I've been, I've shitted on Vince my whole life, I'm not going to stop now because of whatever. Because assholes still bow to him and sing his song. Fuck uh, yeah, yeah, how stupid well, that is, that whole well, thing that. Not, but what I'm yeah, saying is that, yeah. like, when you look at guys like Bash and Booga, that's not a wrestler, it's a big fat guy. It's, 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 it's what it was. It, it, you know, it doesn't matter. I think the idea is being healthy. As long as he's healthy for his weight, he's doing his thing, he's fine. Like Eddie Kingston said, Eddie goes to the gym and work out, but Eddie's never going to be like Eddie doesn't work out. Like he said, I'll eat ice cream. I'm going to eat a corn dog. I go to the gym. As long as I'm not gassed and I don't fuck up someone in the ring, why does it matter what I look like? The idea to me is wrestlers who tell great stories in and out of the ring is what matters to me. I'm not looking at your body structure because like watching Christian, I love Christian. I still think Christian is one of the best guys in the business. I think he's got a great way of being a heel or a face, and he proved it once again. Literally know, he, he cut a, he cut, I was going to bring that up. He cut a really good promo this Wednesday. But he can always do that. And the problem is I remember him doing that in TNA. You know, and he, and he was some of the best parts of TNA in, what was it, 2004, right? Five, five, to, five to eight. Right. When he came over to the company, Mike, here we go. He's going to finally let go. And he did. And he had great stuff. Him, Kurt Angle. He worked with any gimmick that he was allowed to. And then when they let him talk and when he worked on the storyline, it worked. And that's why when they brought him in, I'm like, this I mean, matters to me. That's a that's a difference between Kirsten and Adam Cole. Adam Cole, I feel like he's not changed his character ever since NXT. It's the it's same. Hard. You know, it's, now even before NXT, let's be real. Adam I mean, Cole yeah, it's his Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, yeah. but it's it's yeah, like exactly. it's been very formulaic ever since. It's not yeah, as it's, it's very formulaic. It's it, it's his that's a that's the other problem. Like um, where I will critique is that I mean he's over. Let's Let's be real. He's over with the crowd. He 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 is he's an over he's an over character, and it's just that Adam Cole. Ha, when you, there's the nuance of the change, Eddie Kingston able to do the drop of a dime, even to a degree, the way the Young Bucks were as faces as heels, they they actually do change their personality, but it's still within their reality. You know, like a character. Shouldn't like become a full face like mustache twiddler and like villain like ha, ha, ha. you know that's that's a little weird when you weren't doing that before. The idea is it should work within your character as a slow transition, and some carries are able to do it at a drop of a dime and become something completely. You know what I mean? Like there's some guys that are really good at like completely 180. You know, and some guys are slowly changing. You know, and I feel like. I feel like Adam Cole has been like Adam Cole face or heel. It's Adam Cole. And yeah, I feel now, like- I'm, not, I'm not just talking about the character. I mean, the booking of him too. It even goes yeah. back to what I complained about on NXT. This, they would have him kick out of all these giant moves. And by the time the finish happened, it's 
if you realize to yourself the finish probably should have happened at least five minutes before or four minutes you know before. What? Yeah, I'm also look aside. It just all companies doing this. It, it impact does it. Uh, Ring Honor used to do it. It's like I love a match when the false finishes go back and forth when it's one match or two matches. If every match is got a hundred false finishes, it's like all right. Well, I'm exhausted now. I'm let me know when you finish. <laughs> I, psychology. That part of psychology of wrestling bothers me. I no, think that, certain matches that pretty much summed up the pay per view last month. <laughs> for me, it's just like, at the end of the day, it's like I don't mind if you have a, something happen. People, I don't mind if I wrestle a couple of matches. They do each other's uh, finishers. It's the psychology of like I'm going to get my my opponent and I'm going to use his finisher just to fuck with him. I get it, but I feel at the same time there are certain matches. Please just have a regular finish. But some matches are really good and it they make it work. But that's that's a critique that we've seen forever. It's been ha- we've been so I think we've been doing this for 11, 12 years almost now, eleven years. And uh, yeah, I've, I've, we've been doing this for about eleven years, but I think I'm seeing it more in this generation than we did the previous. Not even the previous generation. I feel like it happened more often, and it was way more noticeable. It may not happen in every week's show, but it happened on every single pay per view. I remember us talking about pay per views in WWE back, and they going, it happened a lot, and you were like, wow, this is weird. This is happening a lot. Now, it only happened once in a blue, because especially with John Cena, everyone was fighting John Cena, was doing the uh, you can't see me thing or the, you know, they were all trying to get in John's head. It was like, all right, it didn't work for the other six guys. It's not going to work for you, buddy. You know, it, it felt like that was a problem. Like you want to mock a wrestler, you find ways of doing it. I think talking on the mic is the best way to mock a wrestler, you know, prior to the match. And then the match, you tell a story. And um but yeah, it just becomes a thing. I think the false finishes are a problem. Uh, it's not going to stop anytime soon, unfortunately. It's just going to be a thing. It's kind of like a newer generation thing and all the false finishes. Uh, but I think also the problem is that there's so much happens in a match nowadays. There's so much happening in matches nowadays compared to what it used to be that the crowd, to keep the crowd invested just across the board you have to do more, right? Just across the board, you have to do more to keep that crowd interested. I was watching, like I, we were talking a little bit ago, I was watching some really old school matches. I'm like, oh my God, Oof, this is this is pretty run in the mill, you know? And then when one guy did a drop kick, the people woke up, oh shit, someone did something. It's like, wow, <laughs> fuck. That's how, that's, like, how, that's how you get them invested, man. You got to work the yeah. crowd. You got to work the crowd, but these matches, these old, old matches, they would just do, you could see it was so, we talk about formulaic. Plotting. It was, so much, it was more plotting back then than it was formulaic. It's like, all right, headlock, I'm going to hold it. Oh, I'm going to, and like 90% of the matches, like yelling at the crowd. And I'm like, God damn, I forgot when I was a kid how much people used to yell at us. <laughs> like half the time, the wrestler would do one, like they'll do like one lockup and the guy push him to the corner and he'd go, ah, and the crowd was like, you stuck. And I'm like, all right, that fucking, all right, up oh, the hip toss. Bah! And I'm like, for fuck's sake, pay attention to the wrestler in the ring. <laughs> you dastardly heel. You keep messing with the crowd. And that's why <laughs> when JYD got blinded, they try to kill fucking Freebirds because you spend all the time fucking with the crowds instead of the actual match. Now it's a little more dangerous, I think, for wrestlers, especially in the last 20 years, during the 25 years. What Bubba Ray and Devon did in the 90s in ECW. They're just not allowed to do that with the crowds anymore. The not, most you can not do today, not in today's age in this no, post you, PC world. 
Well, it's fine. You see, I get it. Things have to change. But I mean, like the most you could do is your 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 local team sucks or this that or whatever, and 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 like that's as best you could do. We call a couple people some filthy things, but you can't really get them overly like invested. You can't go. You can't do a bubble raid down and go up to a group of people and threaten to fucking kill them. It's like that. Cannot happen nowadays. You know Liabilities. Was, you know what I was watching earlier? Uh, episode of uh, Primetime Wrestling from 1989. And one of the matches was Ivan, I believe it was Ivan Koloff versus Coco Beware. And something that you can't do today unless you're the main event is the whole thing with USA versus um, insert country here. Yeah, it doesn't, it's weird now. I think it's very weird. We're in a very much more, I remember. I'm not match, the match is good though, but you, you can't oh, do that you know today. I was watching uh, highlights of Coco Beware, and not realizing, man, WWE really—it's uh, going to sound corny. Sorry, pun intended. They kind of clipped his wings. It was like you know what we saw Coco in WWE really wasn't a lot. I saw him in other promotions, and like the dude was good. Yeah, he was good in um mid mid south and um some of the other territories. It, when it, it came me to WWE. Yeah, when it came, when it came to WWE, just like the Bushwhackers and a few others, they became yeah. characters. You know, it made me mad because like all these years, I always busted child like, "Oh, Coco Beware got into the Hall of Fame before anybody else." And I'm like, "Well, for what he did in WWE, yeah, no, but like what he did prior, I'm like, the guy was really good." And it's like it makes you think, like, man, they really didn't utilize him the way they could have. Uh, you know, it really goes to show you that there is a difference between. Pro wrestling with WWF and WWE having their mentality. And I get it. You know, it got over with the crowd. But also, do not forget, I think people tend to forget because everything is like, you know, old stuff is always great and not, everything new sucks. But don't forget, because I was looking up something. I was looking up the numbers. I was looking up all the numbers from like uh, Raw and SmackDown and the stuff in the, the 90s and the 2000s. And, you know, because some people are talking about, you know, needle movers. And I found out that there's no such thing, apparently. If you look up the numbers, yeah, the numbers are pretty much stay consistent across the board. A needle mover would make a number go from a two to like a, a six. And that doesn't happen. But, but that's another day. But I was looking and I noticed that uh, Vince did not care about wrestling, even what wrestling was wrestling. He saw what he did to JYD. We know how over JYD was and what he turned him into a cartoon. He made Coco Beware into a cartoon. Like he, you know, it became really cartoony. And as cool as that was, as the wrestling fans of the 80s became teenage fans in the 90s. Yeah, it wasn't it, sustainable. It wasn't sustainable. And it was his own fault. He refused to change. When I stopped laughing, like we, I was talking about Bash and Booga, the Mantor and fucking Phantasmo and like stuff, all these forgettable characters. And you're like, the one character that stayed true up until that time was a guy like Jake the Snake. You know, Jake still was Jake. Even in this cartoony world, Jake was still making that when he fought Ultimate Warrior. What a great program that was, even to this day. Jake and Macho Man, Jake and the Warrior, you know? Those are really good storylines, you know? The matches aren't as important as the storylines, the background, backstage. You know, remember Ultimate Warrior was training with Jake. He's making him dig. He was making him dig a grave. Yeah, it was a, and all that shit. Him and the Undertaker and probably should have stood. Like, probably should have stood in that grave. But <laughs> but, 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 but that being said, like that time frame with those wrestlers, those stories mattered more than the matches. And I get it, but it, it was like 
Jake wasn't a cartoony character, but he made it work with all these other guys. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, they were vested because we knew these guys from before. So by the mid-90s, you took away Macho. You made him go on commentary. You took, took Ultimate Warrior was gone. Jake was gone. You know, and, and guys like Ricky Steamboat were basically gone. So it's like Hogan Hogan, also. Hogan, well, Hogan had stayed, but then Hogan left. So we're like, all right, what do we have? And the only person we could latch on to at that time was Brett. And that's why Brett was so over, because Brett was a guy we knew, but he really came into his own in the 90s. And he wasn't a super cartoony character. Uh, he was very grounded. His talks weren't like, let me tell you something. He was he was Brett, you know? Brett was never going to be screaming and doing, you know, and guy, once in a while Piper would come back and stuff like that. But the idea is like, it wasn't sustainable because we grew out of caring about the cartoony shit. And that's why the rise of guys like ECW came around because we wanted something different, right? Yeah. And that, that difference had nothing to do with muscles. It had nothing to do with, uh, it had to do with giving us something different. Yeah, direction. Give us something. Know your fan base. You know, and w- ECW, and WCW caught on too way before WWE did. Oh, W. Yeah, my God. Let's be fucking real. WCW tried shit. Even like you know, they had the Hogan bullshit. Yeah, they had the whole shit with the, the Dungeon whole, whole of Garino Doom. spaghetti. Oh my God. I, you know what though? Without them doing the Dungeon of Doom, we wouldn't have fun stuff to watch. Let's be real. That Dungeon of Doom shit was horrible, but it's so fun. It's cringing. It's, it's bad. It's bad comedy. That's what that is. You know what? But, I, I was. I compare that to like the Morbius and like other movies. Like, <laughs> uh, like Morbius is not a fun bad. It's just a bad bad. But like the Punisher movies are like a fun bad. Like that WCW stuff was a fun bad. It was not you don't watch it finally going oh man that was a great story like no it's fucking terrible but it's fun i can't believe they filmed it there's the difference you know what i mean you know a lot of people still give bischoff shit to this day because of, oh he stole this angle from japan well how many people actually watched the angle from japan because what? i watched it i watched cool, it Rob. i watched it from start to finish about a few years ago and new japan defeated the uwfi in every single match they was in so bischoff took not only took that from japan but made it better well, Paul Heyman also would look at these tapes in Japan and see these things and would go, hey, let's bring that talent here and see if we can work with them. You know, there's, you, of course you're going to look, bringing knowledge. Well, the only thing is Heyman would actually bring the Japanese wrestlers over as opposed to just stealing the storyline. But at the very least, WWE did the same thing with stealing from ECW. Yeah. It, it, it's, 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 it's not imitation. It's saying, fuck it. What are you going to do? Sue me. And that's really what it is. Yeah, it's, and, it's, it's let's take this idea, see if we could do it better. That's what it was. You you got a movie like uh, let's say like Jurassic Park. You're gonna get 16 movies that are dinosaur based movies, you know. And you change this. It's not it's not Jurassic Park. It's Cretaceous Attack, or it's like some bullshit title, or like you know, like the Sharknadoes and all that. It's not Jaws. It's Sharknado. It's different. You know, it's still a shark attack and people. But it's different. You know. But the idea is that you know that's fine. You know, and and then change is fine. And like, look, Marvel, DC, they sold ideas back and forth from each other. It, it all this entertainment business is not original, and it never will be. That's the biggest joke from South Park, right? Simpsons did it because Simpsons did it first, of course. It's just, it's it. There's nothing you can think of that's going to be groundbreaking and super different. Yes. But it's your twist that makes it interesting. 
Speaking what's about old um, is new, you know. Speak about what's old it's new. Um, Jeff Hardy getting arrested about a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I I'm just not surprised anymore. Every time he gets arrested, this time kind of this this time was fucking worse than the last time because now that he got arrested, there's video proof from before he got arrested and during before yeah. at the convention where he was at where he was drinking down that whiskey and yeah. literally the morning um later about some hours later he gets pulled over on a freaking highway you know the thing about it this is is it's like the people were going after matt hardy like you should have protected him and like they're like we what do you mean like we literally told the convention don't have liquor they gave yeah, him they, they, yeah, they gave him liquor, which was fucking ridiculous. And then said, so we put him in his hotel room. We weren't staying. We have a family. We were flying home. He was staying. We took him. We put him in his hotel room. And we went home. Like, he, when's he going to be responsible for his own actions? Exactly. And, and, and my favorite thing someone, tweet, uh, someone responded to Rebby Hardy was like, Lita would never have let this happen to him. And she's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you people talking about? She's like, are you out of your fucking mind? What does Lita have to do with Jeff fucking Hardy? <laughs> like, that you is the stupidest thing. It's like, you know, it's so stupid. It's like, you know, I'm not your brother's <clears throat> keeper. I said it months ago that WWE made the right call for cutting Jeff at that time when he walked out. And the thing is, they wanted to put him to rehab, and he refused. And now that Tony Khan put him to rehab, Jeff must have thought, oh, shit, this is my final chance yep. for the last time. Also, you have to respect his brother because, you know, his brother stuck out his neck for him. And I bet you that was a thing. Like, look, he fucks up. It's on you. You, you If you, he does not play ball, you know, you don't hire someone and if they if they refuse to do the right thing. No, he did the right thing. No, yeah, you know, you're not the, the other thing is, is that sorry, the other thing is he told a police officer he's on his way to uh to get a scat uh, a head scan because remember he's gonna have a ladder match that week on dynamite. I'm just thinking to myself, this guy had a concussion a week before and you're putting him in a ladder match a week later. What kind of shit is that? Yeah, they explained that they was gonna um, have some kind of story to take them both out the match, but why even bring them there in the first place? Well, the idea is that unfortunately, when you hire somebody and the guy goes, I can do this for you. All right, you sure? Yeah, all right. Well, that's what people want. Here's the problem Jeff has made a career of what's important to him is that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the latter spot, it's a Jeff thing. So, yeah, maybe thing just thing, but there needs to be a freaking promoter that tells him, no, you cannot do this shit at the state that you're in. I know, well, you, have, I know you shit on Vince a lot, but there are a few times where he makes the right call on that. Well, it, it, it's, it's about money, but at the end of the day, that's fine. I mean, for my thing is that I don't blame someone for creating a match if the dude says, I can do it and he's cleared. That, that's different. That happens to every promotion. You could do the spot. Okay. But my thing is, I don't know about that. Motherfucker, you're drinking don't you think that's going to fuck up your head more than just fucking taking a, you know, a spot? I'm going to go against Cascan. Oh, I have a bad knee. He was telling the cops every excuse. If you see the footage, he's... Yeah, the I cops see like, can you do this? DT he, uploaded I, the whole thing. I saw it. Yeah, I saw like, oh, I can't do that with my leg because I have a problem. Oh, you have a problem with your knee? Okay. You know about the, the dude, like, the idea, at the end of the day is Jeff has fucking problems. He has issues. And you know what? And he's, I, I'm more mad at smaller promotions going, ah, we'll give him anything he wants. No, my dude, you guys say no. Because you know what? What if Jeff did something at the hotel that was so bad during the convention? 
and then and, and now you as this convention promoter has now have a liability. Exactly. You have this. That's gonna be under, he's gonna be under your watch, not Vince, not Tony Khan, not no, not not, any, not Matt, not nobody. And now you, if if if, if Matt and and Rebby said to the promoter, please. Do not have alcohol near him. He is a recovering alcoholic. We're trying to keep him clean. He's got, you know, we're Tony Khan's allowing him to do the show because that's a big thing. Everything gets approved through Tony Khan for these convention appearances. You know, you have let's keep him good. Now look what happened. He fucking he did that, and the that promoter fucked up. And you know, hey, hey, Jeff could have went out to a bar afterwards and got drunk on his own. That's very true. But at the place. They should have been like, hey, don't serve this guy. All right, especially because he's getting drinks for free. Because remember, at a convention, a guest is taken care of. Yep. None of those drinks cost him money. None of the food. There's a green room that he they get free food, drinks, whatever they need. It's all taken care of. Okay. Now, this is not some fan who gave him a drink. He was drinking on the dime of the promotion of the convention promoter. Yeah, there was a video of that out also. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, Jeff is a problem for himself. And just like with Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle took so long to get clean. Dude, you remember 10 years ago when he was doing this show, we kept seeing every other month Angle getting arrested. And by the time time it was his last arrest, he was driving on the wrong side of the road about to kill a family. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? And motherfuckers to this day bow to Kurt Angle as well. Yeah. All right. Remember. But he over hopefully I think he overcame his pill addiction, his drunk drinking addiction. I get it. You know, and, and and at the end of the day, it's like you have to know that people have to stop blaming other people for someone else's problem. Stop blaming promoters. Stop I'm I'm, I'm meanwhile I just blame the promoter, but I'm just saying like if you're a wrestling company, you have all these wrestlers. It's very hard to be a company, no matter what size Vince's size or AEW size or even TNA size. When when a, a guy is bad, you have to make that call and say, you know what? You shouldn't perform. And the biggest one was Jeff and Sting in TNA. Yes. You know, they ruined that the one, main event of a that show. That one I cannot even blame TNA for because they was looking for him the entire day up until he showed up at Gorilla Position. They said he was in a lot. They had him say they was they had him sleeping in one of the offices. He was there. He was fucked up. Yeah, and I'm saying saying, the, oh, the agent. I'm talking about the agents. Ex- they were like, oh, he's sleeping. He's exhausted. He was doing stuff. He's exhausted. And they're like, no. And Bischoff comes out and says, just kill it. It's like, no. You should have said, Jeff, you're suspended. We're going to replace you with someone who can do the show. You know, and end it. Do you think the fans would have been mad? So what? You cut a promo. Happens all the time. Cut a promo saying this fucking asshole is uh, he got injured, it got beat up backstage. We've done this. How many wrestling angles have you seen? A wrestler comes up and gets the shit beat out of him, and oh, he can't make it, so we'll replace him. It would never kill the show, would never meet a 20 second main event. That was a mistake. Shit, even Jake Roberts at the Heroes of Wrestling that whole thing was longer more than a mistake. But going back to but going back to this, um. They should have never, first off, Tony should have signed Jeff Hardy months later instead of getting the hot ticket signing at that time. Because yeah, we true. said, I said at the time, he was not freaking 100%. Didn't matter what he said about the drug test or whatnot. He was right. not 100%. They should have waited a few months before signing him. There is something, I think, it's not just the drinking and the, and the drugs. I think mentally, 
Jeff is not right. I think if so, you too. Want, if, you, if you look at Jeff, especially no matter where he is, once he gets to a position of whatever, he just seems so not invigorated, not inspired like the younger Jeff was. And I don't know if that's from his, just from his demons. It could be from other stuff. Let's, let's be real. There's lots of facets to anybody that you never know about. You know, uh, side thing to explain is there was a Japanese idol singer from the early 80s. I'm not going to say her name. It doesn't matter. Uh, she was 18 years old. She had been performing for like two years and she was rehearsing for a live um, performance. And uh, two days later, she showed up to her office. She tried to commit suicide. She slit her wrists and they didn't want the scandal. So instead of taking her home to her family, they took her back to the offices of the music studio. Right. Right. And they're trying to figure out what, well, how can we cover this up? Because remember 1980s Japanese idol trying to commit suicide is not a good look. Well, they left her unattended. She went to the roof and jumped off the fucking building and killed herself. She was 18 years old. She had everything going for her. She had been on TV. She's performing. She's smiling. She's happy. But something obviously was wrong. You see what I'm saying? You can't always see something in somebody, right? But the idea, we see there's something wrong with Jeff. It's not just alcohol and drugs. That's not the only reason he's acting like this. There's something wrong. He's running away from something mental abuse maybe physical like he's he's broken inside maybe he's not happy what's and he's using demons and it's it's going to be costly it's not just about getting alcoholics anonymous drug anonymous he needs mental they need to find out why are you doing this that's why a lot of people do this stuff some people are just addicts and started it by mistake or just because they like the party and then some guys continue to do it because there's nothing else they got. And a lot of these wrestlers say, oh, I pop pills because I'm in pain. Because Yeah, wrestling hurts. It happens to football players. It happens to baseball players. It happens to everybody who abuses their body. We get that. But at the end of the day, when you continue to do it to hide pain, it's not always just physical pain. Now, a lot of wrestlers will tell you that. Yeah. So Jeff has something wrong. And I'm hoping it's not just, hey, you made clear your bill. Let's get back. No, it must be something else. And honestly, I don't care if it was Vince trying to get him or Tony. Whoever got him to go to some kind of rehab is at least a step in the right direction for Jeff and for people who are on roads. Because no jokes aside, he gets pulled over. This is the third time in 10 years, which really that doesn't sound like a lot. That is a lot. It's a okay. lot knowing Jeff's history. And yeah. you, you have yeah. to think about it like this, too. What? How does it make him look when he sees maybe fans driving on the same road and be like, oh, shit, that's Jeff Hardy getting arrested again? Yeah, because he's pretty fucking recognizable. Like, you saw him get out of the car. Like, that's fucking Jeff Hardy. Like, like, you, like you didn't even need a good Jeff Hardy in a, in a freaking Jacksonville Jaguar shirt on. It's ridiculous. And, like, you know, like, we were talking not that long about the Usos. Who was it? Jay, right? Twice already. Jimmy Uso. Jimmy, sorry, Jimmy, Jimmy. Sorry, sorry. I, yeah, here's, another, here's another, another guy that we freaking castrated on on the show already. Because it's like, at the same time, like, dude, twice, and it happened twice much sooner than at least Jeff. Jeff's three and three in ten years. Jimmy was, like, legitly not that far apart. It felt like one time it was there, there was another time it happened again. I'm like, and, you know, we even talked about it. Shouldn't he be punished? Or he not? And then they gave him the titles after that. 
but he yeah. seems to be pretty straight. But he's twice. Jeff is three times. And it also Jimmy happened in the up. and it also happened in the morning for Jeff Hardy. The friggin' yeah. morning. What the fuck? I mean, I know Jay's is at night, but no excuse either way. More drunken accidents happen at night, which is even that's terrible too. Okay, it, it, day or night, it's not good. But the idea is at the same time, it's like Jimmy is two, so he's only one more way to catch up to Jeff. That's not good. You know, you get oh, he's young, he's just partying, he don't mean it. Well, that turns into Jeff later on. That's a fear. We don't want you to turn into Jeff. You're a young guy. He's still very young, Jimmy. You know, they have a very big responsibility in that company. You know, I don't want him to ever happen again because God forbid, you know, that we shit on Jeff doing this. We have to shit on anybody else like that, like Kurt Angle or there's, there's been countless others. Let's be real. Let's go to this uh, Forbidden Door pay-per-view predictions. Um, yeah. From what I'm seeing is 12 matches on this card. This, right. Just like I said on the last pay-per-view, that one went way too long for no reason. This one I don't think this is going to be as long. This one I, I, have, so. I have a feeling it's going to be long because if you watch New Japan, you know exactly how the match, sorry, the match structure is. So I have a feeling this one will be a bit longer. I feel really bad about this pay-per-view because... Because injuries. there's no, not only the injuries, but the buildup has been awful. Well, this is also, no one's talking about this. That is on New Japan. And I'll tell you why. They did not bring their wrestlers over anywhere sooner. Like, they were supposed to bring them sooner. And I think... Yeah, they should, have, was, they should have brought them in, like, at least a month or two ahead to start but they refused these promotions. To. They refused to because they had a film in Japan. So then... New Japan, like I clearly, I know for a fact, like they were trying to set stuff up. They were teasing something, but they couldn't get, remember, it's a, it's a dual promotion, right? Um, the problem is that at the same time, it's like you're waiting for the other guys to give you what you need. And if you don't know who they're going to send, first off, they weren't originally going to send Okada. They weren't going to send uh, a couple other guys. And then they realized like, no, motherfucker, you better send those names over because the guys you were going to send are in the New Japan. Some of those guys are injured. And some of those guys, you know, whatever, didn't pass whatever test, couldn't get over. It's like, give us fucking... Give us something. And my other thing about the the promotion of this is, me and you may know all these guys, but there's 20 people in the same room that we're watching that don't know shit about any of these people. And I can't blame any one of them because they did a horrible um, time of telling people who these people are. It's hard because when you're only given, like, let's be real, two to fucking three weeks to set up stuff, it's hard to promote all these wrestlers. And I get it. You have to. You got to do what you best. And you do your best as you can. I really do feel that there was something up with this setup. Because it definitely... I don't believe that they... Sh- I, Because I was watching the New Japan stuff. They didn't even fucking... Until Jay White said something. No one was promoting the, the, the crossover on the New Japan side. Like, if you watch the New Japan stuff... Other than Jay White saying shit. <laughs> it, must, it must be business as usual over there. It, it's ridiculous. New Japan's lives in archaic bullshit. When, like, oh, well, eight triple. We, the thing about Japan is, like, um, they hold respect higher than logic. So they have a promotion deal with was the CMLL, right? So they don't work with AAA. They work with CMML, which I thought was the other way for some reason. But it's CMLL works with New Japan. So any wrestlers that are from AAA cannot premiere in the event because it's like, no, 
that would be disrespect from New Japan to CMLL using AAA wrestlers. It's like, fuck off. Like, no disrespect. Like, CML wrestlers are not nearly as talented as most of the AAA wrestlers. <laughs> I, yeah. Every time you watch Bacha Mania, there's CMLL and AAA. Don't forget, AAA does have a lot of shit, too. But the idea is there are also more recognizable guys in AAA. Much bigger names in AAA. And, uh, but they all, but it's the whole New Japan won't allow it because it's a respect between the, the we don't want to disrespect the, the Mexican promotion we work with because that's the old school Japanese business deal. You know, we don't disrespect because that would be disrespectful. We would look bad. It's like, shut the fuck up. It's business. Get the wrestlers involved, bro. You know, there's better matches to be had if we can have some of those other guys and it'd be bigger deals. And then you just give us at the last minute you bring Okada over. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, they bring. Hold on, they bring Okada over and follow that up with a freaking ringside brawl. Like, who the fuck is booking this? It's when it's a cross promotion thing. You can't like you can't let New Japan guys look bad, right? You can't. And there was one Japanese wrestler that no sold the shit out of stuff. It was pissing me off. <laughs> uh, he was beating up uh, Jericho, right? So Sammy Guevara goes and does his fucking nasty move. The dude fucking no sold it. Like, are you shitting me? So if you look, if you ever look back at it, you see Jake Hager go over and fucking stiff the motherfucker. <laughs> and I, as much as I don't like Jake Hager, like Jake Hager's like, nah, Sammy move. Blah! He's like, bitch, you're gonna sell. It's like that's fucked up, you know. All of, Japanese- all of that while all of that was going on while John Moxley was in the ring with the other guy. Yeah, I think the idea that they do that, see, they do that in Japan a lot. See, people, once again, if you don't watch New Japan, you're not going to get it. The wrestlers don't brawl in the ring. It's a very weird Japanese rule. The outside brawl well, is they, fine. Here's the problem. In they the should have explained that too. <laughs> but well, the they didn't. It, you can't, but the idea is that it's like, what are you going to say? Yeah, well, they're not going to touch each other. They're going to save it for the pay-per-view. It's like, that's true. I get it. But they didn't say it. Oh, well. I know. It, it just looked, it looked ridiculous on TV. <laughs> it looked a little, it does look a little, it does look, especially because it went on for a lot longer. Like, if it would just ended with them facing off, we've, we've seen that in every promotion. We've, that's a famous thing, the stare off, you know, oh, shit, chaos is happening, but these guys don't care about the outside. Hey, their Rob, their as, eyes are locked or whatever. As, as, as long as Aubrey Edwards did not go into a fucking face view camera, I would have been fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't care. Like, I don't care. But this means, like, you know what? I'm excited for the pay per view because I just want to, I like to watch some, some cool matches. See, cool to see what Okada does here. And, like, you know, I want to see some of these wrestlers. You know, I, I um, what is his name? Um, yeah, the guy finds Moxley. God damn it, his name. Oh, fuck. Sanahashi. Tanahashi, Jesus Christ, it, it, just, it went out of my head. Tanahashi's getting up there. And uh, this is like his, like, for me, I feel like he's at his last. Uh, his last run? Like, as his, within that prime level, you know what I'm saying? Like, after this, it's going to get Kurt Angle level. Because uh, he's been injured. He's been wrestling for a long time. He, look, he was the face of that company for a long He's like their John Cena. For the people who, like, you know, we don't really know. He's their John Cena, right? Uh, but man, like, I hope, you know, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be an interesting match because two different, very different styles. But I feel like after this, he's definitely on his way. He's a legend. I get it. But he's, he's definitely past, getting past that, uh, we're going to get great matches out of him. 
Yes. You know what I mean? I got some stuff to say about how they handled the AEW world title, but let's get to this card. On the pre-show, we got the Gun Club going against, uh, you know, Romero, uh, Alex Kogan, the DKC, and Kevin Knight in the eight-man tag team match. Yeah, the, the acclaimed and uh, the ass boys, yes. Yeah, same here. The factory... No, no, I mean, that's good. That'll be fine. They're, they're good. I, the acclaimed is very over. And um, and the ass boys only became over because of the name ass boys. Once again, send a check to Danhausen because he coined that phrase when he wasn't even working for the company. So <laughs> they got over as the ass boys. It's, it, they're over. The, 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 you got to admit, the acclaim got over on their own. They did really good. Um, and I said that Anthony Bowen's is injured. He's a very talented wrestler, uh, but should be a good, yeah, opening match. It'll be fine. It's a pre-show. Yeah, that, yeah, I forgot to mention this whole show has been also affected by the amount of injuries. And we have yeah. one more that came out in the last 15 minutes or so, but we'll get to that on the third pre-show match. Factory versus Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. So this is another pre-show match, right? Yes. Oh, that's fine. It's pre-show. Good. Put Put a card, like what pissed me off at the last pay-per-view, there was one match on the pre-show. And it, it should have been two or three matches. Yeah. This is good. Good. Give me some good fill-up. Get more wrestlers on the show. Get some pre-show matches. I'm assuming it's the Factory versus the LA Dojo, right? That's what it is. Yeah, that's fine. Get them out there. Get some more recognition for some of the names you don't know. Hook destroyed DKC on, on Rampage. And DKC definitely tried to fucking... Uh, I'm not going to say sandbagging. But he tried to... like. Fucking stiff arm hook and hook fucking destroyed the guy it was fucking fantastic. Uh so yeah. Uh this one I'm again. going I'm going for a goto and um Yoshi for this one. Yeah, I feel like you know, I think the ass I think the acclaimed are over enough that they're gonna win that match. And I the 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 factory, their job is to lose. Probably Aaron Solo will eat it or QT Marshall if he's wrestling. Dude, I said it a year ago. What the big show beating QT Marshall do for the company? Answer that for me, please. I think it was just big can you, to uh, have Rob, can you answer that for me? What did that do? It doesn't do nothing. I just think Big Show would say when he signed, can I get a match? Tony Khan's like, yeah, we'll give you a match. You're not going to fight one of our good guys. You can fight QT Marshall. And that's Again, all that was. What did that do? Yeah, made Big Show feel good that he got to go in the ring. That's all that did. <laughs> that's all. That's all it is. I, you didn't answer is, right? the question, Rob. What did that do for the company? I said they didn't do nothing for the company, but they probably <laughs> he asked for a match, and they said, "All right, you're big show. We'll give you a match." And the crowd laughed and enjoyed it. And it took up five minutes, but it's good. It's over. Yeah, that five minutes should have been given to someone else for that pay per view last year. That did nothing. It did nothing, but you know what? Whatever. It was a cool down match, right? It's fine. Let's see here. We have um, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee versus Suzuki Gun. Mm. I this is. On a pre-show. I feel like that, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I, I, I'm, I hate to say this. I like a Swerve, but he has not. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't really proved it yet, in my opinion. He hasn't proved it. I mean, he's is he good in the ring? Fuck it. Hey, listen, you let a wrestler go, most wrestlers are good in the ring. Not everybody, but most wrestlers are good in the ring. He can go, but I feel like his character is much more heelish, and he's slowly heel-turning, which is smart because his arrogantness doesn't seem like a face. You know what I'm saying? It's not a face mentality. So I think they're going to lose, and it's going to be because of uh, – they've been having – him and, and Keith are having kind of like a um, a tiff and a riff in their group. 
So I feel like if they're going to lose, it's going to be because Swerve, either Swerve's going to eat it or he costs Keith Lee the loss or something to that degree. The, the, other, the other guys are going to win. Uh, Suzuki gun. All right. <clears throat> we have Zack Sabre Jr. versus to be announced as yeah. Brian Daniels. Sorry. Yeah. Brian Danielson is out of the match because of injuries. Yeah. But I love that we don't know what the injury is. And he was in the ring and, and he didn't. He said he feels fine. I have a really weird tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. Maybe we'll talk after the pay per view, like next week when we do a. a I'll tell my conspiracy theory next week. But uh, it's really stupid and it makes no sense. But it's just, you know, when does a conspiracy theory make sense, right? But it's, it's, I don't think he's actually injured, but we'll let it go at that. You don't think, I mean, they said he's not cleared, so he's not going to be, I, not I only, don't, he's not uh, only going to be not, not on this pay per view, but he will also not be on that. No, I oh, oh, no, I know that. I don't think he's injured. I think it's something totally different. Conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat, it makes no sense, but it's my theory. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> right, so who do you think he's going to get? I, uh, Cesaro. I don't think it's Cesaro. Oh, really? Who do you think it is then? It's going to be someone else. Uh, I, you got to give a name, Julian, man. You got to give a name. I think it's going to be, I can't say a name, but I think it's going to be someone we haven't seen in AW for a while. I think fans are expecting Cesaro. Oh, shit, Cody Rhodes. Yes, Cody Rhodes comes <laughs> back. It was going to be happy. Oh, wait, we don't like Homelander. Go on. Uh, now, now, if it is Cesaro, Zack Sabre yeah. Jr. is winning. Let me make sure, like, you know, Cesaro hasn't wrestled in a while, but they would have a great match together. Uh, but I, I feel like it has – it can't be someone who hasn't been – it has to be a certain type of wrestler. He's saying, like, that can be, like, well, how what Brian Danielson does. So it has to be that type of wrestler. And that's why I think it's, you know, Castillo Calia – I don't know how to say his real name. Um, Claudio Castanoli. Claudio. Claudio, thank you. Uh, I'm still calling him Cesaro. <laughs> That's fine. C man, Z C Z man. Like, because my thing is, like, it has to be a wrestler who can do that stuff. And Cesaro can go, you know. And I think that would be who I would say it would be. Most people are thinking that's who it is. He's also uh, a free agent, you know. He's uh, someone Brian Danielson would actually know very well, have history with, not just in WWE prior and Ring of Honor and all the other wrestling companies, you know. We know a guy like uh, what was it? What was his name? Um, Desmond Wolf. What was his name uh, before? Nigel uh, McGinnis. He's obviously can't wrestle anymore, so it's not a guy like him, right? It can't be because he's obviously cannot wrestle anymore. Uh, so it has to be someone like that. So that's why I figured it would be, unless. But no, I don't think that guy is good enough. I was gonna say Nick Aldis, but he's not that good. He's not on Brian Danielson's level. Yeah, you know, like so. I, don't, I I just have a feeling it's gonna be someone from AEW that's already signed. But you got to you got to give a name, bro. Just throw just throw any name out there. <laughs> All right, if I'm, look, if I'm looking at this, <laughs> if I'm looking at this card, and I'm thinking to myself, who from AEW that's could possibly go against Zack Saber Jr. I think they're going to probably give it to Wheeler Yuta. But is the, isn't Wheeler Yuta fighting on the card already? He's in the uh, he's already fighting in the pay per view. Let me see. He's in one of the. Oh wait, yeah, men? yes, yes. Oh, okay. So it can't be real. Yeah, yeah. It's not definitely not Willie because Willie Utah is already uh, performing. Uh, I would watch that match. I think Willie Utah would be very good for that. He's a very good wrestler. But uh, no, I think it has to be a, a name. It has to be a name. It has to be a Brian Danielson level name. You know, and that's why I feel like you know it has to be Claudio. Well, 
I'm going to have to say this. Um, just temper your expectations for a bit. Well, if, if it's not Claudio, it's okay. I, I, it's fine. If it's an AEW guy, fine. Unless it's a good match, I don't give a shit, right? But my <laughs> thing is that I, I, if it's going to be a surprise, if it's going to be outside of AEW, the only name I could honestly think of is Claudio. Honestly. We have the Bullet Club versus now the match was supposed to be eight man, but it got uh, trimmed down to a six man because uh, Hiromu Takahashi is also injured now. That was just reported. Yeah. So we have the Bullet Club versus the Dudes of Attitude. Right. Which is like Darby, Sting, and. Right? Darby, Sting. Who's in the, who's in the group? Shigno Takaji. Uh, All right. Yeah. And then uh, on the other side, it's uh, the Young Bucks and I believe El Fantasmo. Okay. All right. Well, you know, injuries happen on both sides. I mean, look, WWE's got injuries. I really feel bad for Rhea Ripley, by the way. Side note. Yeah. That, did you, did you see that? That was, that was insane. Her, that was soon as she, soon as she freaking landed, her knee went to her freaking head. Ooh, dude, like it bounced off the bottom rope and she need her fucking face. Yes. That shit was like fucking gnarly. Like, and that's why kids, uh, old school wrestlers bitch about you guys wearing earrings and stuff because they, a nose ring can get ripped out. Earring, maybe you could let it go because uh, ears aren't that important. But, you know, having any piercings in your lips or your nose you know those places get struck a lot gotta be careful yep. and uh she fucking it went oh man i saw the picture she was a picture of the inside of my mouth like damn but anyway injuries happen it's, it's nothing you can do about it but at least i think the difference is nowadays with a lot of these injuries um we're being more cautious nowadays we don't allow wrestlers to tape up and get out there and i think that's important I think like I, uh, yeah, I hope Tony Khan learned from two years ago. <laughs> he obviously he did. Like he pulled a lot of guys from the show. Uh, you're handling, you, you're doing it differently. Don't allow wrestlers to say, "I'm good, let's do it." Like, no, 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 we're not doing it. No, that's the old school way. You know, take us like oh, I was a tough man. I duct taped my broken ribcage. Like maybe you shouldn't have. <laughs> you know, seriously. Like I think that a lot of the injuries that we're seeing across the promotions is more safety protocols because there's no reason for you to be hurt now and make it worse. Yeah, come back later, and I think that's important. I think it's very important. I think it's good, all right? Because wrestlers always got injured, bad pop knees, hips, uh, muscle spasm, uh, you know, pecs. You know, it happens, right? So before they would just like tape it up, just keep wrestling. Like that's stupid. You're just breaking your body. Kurt Angle, I brought, I won a, a gold medal on a broken fucking neck. You're a dumbass. You know, <laughs> it's it's not. It's actually not heroic when you you're now physically can barely walk all these years later like it's dumb taz was injured taz stopped taz realized like if taz would have kept trying to go after all the shit that happened to taz and taz went further than he's supposed to because but taz broke his neck too yeah and let me also um say this because i know we're a few weeks after it but as as great as that cody rhodes and seth Rollins match was which is one of the best matches WWE this did this year he had no business going into that match with a torn back. I think it's it, oh, it can't get any worse. I it, that's as fine as that is. It. I feel yeah, he, I, when uh, you that do was that, just unnecessary. 
I'm going to say this is Cody's thing. We've said this when he was in AEW. Yeah. You didn't have to do the fire spot, Cody. You wanted to do the fire spot, <laughs> right? We said this. He always – he does this, Cody. He fucking thinks this is how you maintain a uh, uh, a level of respect. I think it's stupid. When I saw those pictures with the pecs, I'm like, dude, man, no, I don't want to – I don't want to – I don't care how good of a match is going to be. Oh, wait, you, you didn't actually see the actual match? Nah, man, I'm not going to watch it. Dude, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. The second that was revealed, the fans went from cheering to, oh, shit, uh, this should stop now. Well, you know, it, it's Then back to cheering. Of course, Cody, he's, he's going to prevail. But my thing is, at the end of the day, it's also, I feel like Cody does these tactics, and we've talked about this a yeah. lot. But Cody has to give, oh, I did this for you. I did this. It's like, dude, uh, you don't have to. No one, no one has ever asked you to set a table on fire and burn your back like that. No one has asked you to fucking wrestle with a full turn peck. No one asked you. No one. We would understand that you cannot perform, right? But you doing it, it's almost of an ego trip. Yes. Obviously, we know he has an ego trip. We've talked about it. You know his entrance, the fucking Homelander outfit. Like nothing's <laughs> changed with Cody. He's just in a different promotion. He, I know he loves the business and he's a great talker, but man, sometimes it's like, you know, you don't have to try to be your dad. Sometimes you can just be you and we will respect you more because you do this shit. You know, dude, you got a baby. You have a baby and a wife, bro. Do not fucking be broken and burnt and scarred because of wrestling. Every old school wrestler will tell you they would take it back for their family. Don't do the opposite. Yeah, I not think all, not all of it, but, but some of them will. Yeah, we should <laughs> we should tell Jeff Hardy that too. <laughs> Dude, I didn't even you know what's really fucked up. All the shit to have with Jeff, I never realized he had kids. Yeah, he does. I didn't know that because every time I heard Jeff, is Jeff's drunk. Jeff jumped off a ladder. Jeff, Jeff singing a song. Jeff's wearing paint. Like Matt has a fucking huge family. Matt is a family guy. He takes his kids to him. He changes their diapers. He takes them out. Like you see Matt with his family. I've never seen that with Jeff. So you, so we agree that Bullet Club is winning, right? Oh yeah, I mean definitely. That, that it's going to be whoever the Japanese guy is on uh, uh, Darby side is going to eat the pin because it's have, not going to be Sting. Yeah, Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Ooh, Championship. I think I think I don't want to say this, but I feel like Storm might win this. I, I feel like Storm's hard. winning too. I think honestly, it's time. As much as I like Thunder Rosa, her championship reign has been very underwhelming ever since that awful cage match she had with Britt. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I love Thunder, but I'm going to tell you something. She's not very good at. She's not a great talker. No, she isn't. She's got a lot to go with that. And you know, I agree. I get it. She speaks Spanish. She speaks English. But you know what? Do that. You know, when when Sheeta would talk. If she's going to say something, she took her time and spoke and made it important. She had the right inflections. Thunder doesn't have the right inflection. It's like it's so weird when she's angry. She emphasizes the wrong parts of the sentence, and it comes off looking like disjointed in her talk. But I think in the ring, she's she's great. But I feel like, you know what? She needs some wrestlers. We've said this many times. Adam Page was better chasing the belt. I think Thunder is better chasing after something than being the champion and that's yeah it doesn't it also doesn't help that aw barely promoted her since she's been champion problem is every week she's wrestling somewhere and being a champion of six other promotions so 
she's also wrestling everywhere else. So she's always she's not just dedicated to AEW. So you know, I, there is there's other stuff there. I feel that at the same time, she connects with the crowd, but she hasn't connected with the crowd as much as she should have. I feel like she, uh, when she spoke, it came off. The she lost, she would lose them. You hear it. You you we talk about this. You got to win the crowd over. Yeah. When she wins stuff, when she won those matches, the crowd loves her. She starts talking. You're like, oh shit, this is not a good promo. It's yeah. like, and that that she's got to learn. She's got to learn. I think that Thunder Rosa will be in WWE within the next three to four years. I honestly think she will. She seems she her character is a very WWE style character. I could see, uh, yeah, I, she can go there. Uh, I hope so. Make that money, right? Go. I mean, what, what, did, what did Terry Funk always say? Hey, Terry, shall I go to WWE? Yeah, get a goddamn paycheck. <laughs> Scott, Scott Hall said the same thing. You go where the money goes. Hey, go. Even if you don't last long, you do a couple years. You know, she's also in her 30s. So if she goes, you know, they're not going to make her champion. We have, uh, let's see here. FTR represented. Oh wait, wait. Yeah, we said we said that Tony's winning, right? We both. We, yes. we okay. Okay. Go go. FTR representing Ring of Honor. Yeah. Empire representing New Japan. Right. And uh, Rob, Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero from AW. And a winner takes all tag team match for both the ROH World Tag Team Titles and the IWGP Tag Team. Championship. But we're not talking about the AAA titles, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That that right there is a long fucking sentence. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna pick um, FTR. I definitely think I. I we've, I've always loved FTR. I love them when they were in WWE. I like them wherever they went. I think they're great. I think they've had some great matches. They tell great stories. And seeing Dax do some like individual matches, the dude is fucking. He's a package. You know what I'm saying? Did you see? Did you see the way he chopped Will Ospreay a few weeks back? <laughs> yeah. I laughed because he probably thought to himself, dude, don't sell it like you're a fucking comedy character. Then he chopped him again and then it actually hurt. Yeah, because well, he's uh, Dax don't play that. <laughs> but th- I think they're gonna have a great match. I think Trent is still can go. I think Trent's great. I think he's come back even better. Um I'm I hate to say this. I know Punky Vice is very popular in New Japan. I'm not a big Rocky Marrera fan. I don't hate him. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't character. see, I don't see what the appeal is with him yet. I don't understand his character. You know, I get the best friends character. They establish what they are. You know, I get Orange Cassidy's character. I get, I get everyone's, I get FTR's characters. I don't understand Rocky's. Like, what is he? Like, I don't. What, what does he? <sighs> see, in New Japan, it's easier to be a character and not have much before it. Because, you know, the Japanese audience don't really understand English. So Rocky just saying stuff. He has an eye patch. All right, that's his character. Apparently he's a fucking pirate. I don't know. Uh, but it, it, I don't know what his character is. Uh, but is he a good wrestler? Yeah, he's a good wrestler. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I want FTR to win this. I think, you know, them having the IWGP title would be great. I think they can go over and do a lot of great matches and, and do stuff. I want, I want them to win. You know, I, that's what I want. Mm. We have Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy for the IWGP US title. I think this match should have not been booked. I'm sorry. If you're booking a New Japan versus AEW show to treat it that seriously, this should not be a comedy match. And I don't think it's going to be a good match. I Obviously, Orange Cassidy... It'll be a good match, but the way this was booked, I would have swapped Orange Cassidy out for someone else. 
Yeah, I know, but I think it's a cool to see the dynamics. I think Orange could definitely go. Well, I've I thought Orange, Pac, and Kenny Omega had a great match. So we know Orange can go in this match, and they're going they're going to do good. And having him come back after just being injured from that that I felt really I thought it was really bullshit the spot they made he he did in the the ladder match. He got injured because of that spot. Yeah, it was stupid. And I even said it then. He shouldn't have done it. He didn't need to do it. And uh, but it happened. Whatever. He got injured. He's back though. I think they're gonna have a great match together. Obviously, he's gonna lose. Will Osprey's not losing that title. That's not happening. No, he's not. He's not losing that title. He's not losing that title. But I think it's gonna be. I would love. I like the idea of the contrast of the characters. So I'm cool with that. I don't want to see two guys be exactly the same. Like you know, everyone talk about Will Osprey and where was a ricochet all the time, and I, I don't want to see that. I want to see difference. So I like I like contrast. I think that because sometimes two guys that are similar do work together. Sometimes they don't. But I do like the contrast. I want to see the contrast. And I think that should be fine. And we'll also be winning the match. It's going to be a good match. I think the, it'll surprise a lot of people. People are going to enjoy it. I would have had Wes Osprey go against Wardlow instead of having Wardlow going through 20 guys, which made no sense. Well, the problem is Wardlow, he's over. He's very much over. So you don't want him to lose to Will Offspring. That's the thing. Wardlow is on a path, right? He's doing this whole thing. He gets into this match and has to lose to Will Offspring. It's gonna. It's not say. It's not say it's gonna hurt him, but that will be his first real loss. You don't want that. Let's see here. We have Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Minoru Suzuki and Eddie Kingston. Oh wait, sorry. This is a six man tag. Jericho, yeah. Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki going against Eddie Kingston, Yuta, and um, Shoto Yamino. And let's see here. The winning team receives the main advantage for blood and guts. First off, I, I love the term murder grandpa. I think that's the greatest fucking analogy I've ever heard in my life. And Minoru Suzuki is great. Uh, he really translated well here. It was really odd because some Japanese wrestlers have a hard time adjusting, but he did not. The crowd get him, you know? And that's no, every Jericho match that's been on pay-per-view lately has been overbooked like hell. And this one I have a feeling is gonna happen too. It happens, you know. Jericho is the uh is is Jericho, but he's now, also I think now, that's I, now if they're win. they're doing this for the, the cage match that's coming up, so that means the heels have to win. Right. No, that makes sense. It makes sense. But uh who's gonna eat the pin, right? That's the whole thing on, on I'm assuming Eddie Kingston somehow. Maybe Suzuki or uh, uh, whoever they cheat, they grab his foot. You know, it's going to be some kind of shenanigans because it's fine. It's more about the next week's match. You know, I get it. The, the, the Wednesday match, uh, and it's fine because also, I why would you not have Chris Jericho on this card? He's still over. He's a great heel, so he works. So uh, and bringing some other talent in to show more New Japan wrestlers is absolutely fine too. Uh, obviously. I agree with you. The heels have to win, hundred percent, to make the stipulation. Yeah, they they have to win because not only for the stipulation, but they need the heels need the heat going into when the baby face goes into the next uh, round of the order. Right, right, absolutely. Just like every, just like every other war games match, they need to draw a lot of heat first. Right, you ha- it's a cage match. You have to build the heat, or if the good guy keeps winning, why are you watching this match for? Exactly. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so when they revealed this title um, the first week, I was like, Japan is not part of the Atlantic. UK is not part of the Atlantic. 
and the other countries are not part of the Atlantic. So why are they naming this the All Atlantic Championship? Mm. Can you explain uh, that to me? Wait, wait. When WWE, when WWE had a European Championship that was based on the European continent. Yeah, it's great, but have the people who won the title were in America. And well, yeah, that was that made no I, sense yeah, too. I, mean, I just say like it didn't really benefit anybody. The problem is, you know, it's basically supposed to be the intercontinental title. I get what it's supposed to represent. Problem is, uh, well, um, the Atlantic Ocean is here, right? Pacific is out in the California, right? They could right? have named it something something else. Yeah, I mean, all Atlantic, you know, you could have called it something else, whatever. I think it's a nice looking belt. I like it. I like the flags. I think it's a really cool design. I could have, a, like, you know, you have your, like, without having a TV title, they have the TV title, which is the TNT title. It's a TV title, right? That's what it is. Uh, so calling it the All Atlantic, I don't care what you call it. Uh, I, I, yeah, does that make sense? That excludes, like, Antarctica wrestlers or whatever. I don't care. <laughs> like, you know, Sri Lanka. You, yeah, they, you know, maybe one no wrestler maybe, from Sri Lanka can come now. Like, maybe maybe one wrestler like, from Antarctica. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like, it, it, this place, it's a lot of places, you know what? They gave it a title, whatever. It, it's fine. I, I don't, you know, I, I guess they could, I, I don't know why they couldn't just call the Intercontinental the top. I guess they can't, right? They can't. Because I guess WWE might have the trademark on it. I don't know. I mean, they could they could have found something around it. I mean, when we found out NXT was creating a big car title, we later found out it was the North American Championship. I was like, okay, that's that's a cool name. They could have named it something else that could represent all those um, countries. Yeah, but I can't think nothing offhand, and I'm like, you know what? I do think it's a. I I've been loving the designs of most of the uh, Japan, the uh, AEW titles. I think they really look great. It's really cool. It, it, it means it feels like it means more. I'm very disappointed what they did with the IWGP Heavyweight Title. That is like their version of the Tramp Stamp, and I'm like, wow, I'm not very happy with that design. Uh, I wasn't I, happy. I, I was not happy with it when they revealed it last year. Yeah, I remember. Two I, years I, ago. Yeah, when they revealed it, I'm like, that oh, that looks terrible. And I'm like, but at the same time, I'm thinking like, it is just. It, I started thinking back to like some titles I saw from like the fifties. Like, yeah, those are pretty shitty too. I'm like, you know what? Whatever. It, it it's just a, it's just a placeholder to represent something. You know, it's going to be a fight for international wrestlers. Cool, whatever you want to call it. it that right, Rob? You just named it right there. AW International Championship. Boom. Oh, well, there you go. I should get paid for it. But I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you're right. But I do think I, I like the idea of the tournament. I like that they made it like, hey, this guy's from this country. I like that they made it a it made sense. Like, hey, these guys are all different places and they're competing. That's cool. I like that idea. So we have Pac, Miro, Malachi Black, and Clark Connors. I, if it was me, I'm going for Miro. Oh, no, 100%. It's Miro's winning this fucking thing. Miro, Miro is winning this thing because everybody else in that match doesn't need it. Would I think Malachi Black hold it well? Absolutely. But I think Miro coming back, I feel like Miro's a type of wrestler it's not that he needs the title, but he makes the title mean more. He did that with the TNT title, and I think he'll do it with this title. Yes. And then we have for the IWGP title match, Jay White, Kajika Okada, Adam Page, and Adam Cole. I'll, I'll tell you right now who's not winning this belt. It's Adam Page and Adam Cole. It's going to be either Jay White or Okada. Well, you know, I was thinking about that absolutely because, like, you know, it's got his New Japan needs to keep that title with them, obviously. Um, but curiosity is, I feel in my heart of hearts, we're going to see Kenny Omega. 
I, I don't know why. Not that he's going to be wrestling. I think he's going to show up and maybe probably at the end of the match. I no, I think he's going to cause Jay White for Okada to win. That's or he, or um, Omega will show up at the end of the match for Okada to win, and then next you know they could probably tease a rematch at the later next, on. Yeah, yeah. That, that that'd be cool too. But I feel like no matter what, Okada's winning it. I feel like Jay White is just a interim or you know just a placeholder. He's just a you know a thirty day champion. You know, he, I mean, the, here's the thing: if they tease that match for Okada and Omega, could they even keep up with the other matches they did five years ago? Hmm, that's as true as that is. I think uh, it would still be a cool match for fans to get to see because I don't think either one of them are bad. Still, I think Kenny took some time off; he's healing up, and by the time it happens, Kenny be even more healed up. I think it'd be great. I think the fans would love to see him back. You know, and uh, he don't have to do anything. Like you said, he doesn't have to do anything. Uh, it'd be a good pop for the crowd, and uh, it'd be good. Like, hey, Okada, Omega down the line. I, I think that's fine. I think they could go, they, but they could do something different. You know, don't do what you did before. Do something different, yes. and that's what I would like to see. So yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, those guys are the title staying in New Japan. No way, New Japan's giving up that title. That's, that's just nope. That's not happening. <laughs> and for the main event, we have John Moxie and Hiroshi Tanahashi for the interim AEW Championship. First off. They should have stripped Punk off that belt. They should have. They don't know when he's going to come back, and it's a foot injury, which means it could be longer than the time that he they think he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Second, did you read that press release they released a day after they announced that? It, it reads like someone's writing that shit on ADHD. And I used to do that for a year before I went to DigiDay. Mm. I remember. I, I don't remember. Well, I remember reading it. Um, I get it. Uh you know, I feel like at the same time, this has happened other places. They've had like a new guy takes over and now guy comes back and says, Hey, I impacted it recently when it was uh yeah, when title M- yeah, impact title. yeah, when impact did it, it was a rare thing. Uh AW seems to do it a and lot of Ring times. Of Honor, and I, and Ring, Ring of yeah. Honor did it too. And I I get it, UFC does it, but what works in UFC does not really work for pro wrestling. I don't like this interim stuff when it comes to pro wrestling. Well, you know, I I feel like I get it. Like, I felt like, you know, when CM Punk had the title, when the whole thing with, uh, during The Rock and everything, like, he was injured. So he didn't wrestle, remember? So Yeah, uh, he didn't wrestle. They kept him off the card until the Royal Rumble. But he was still the champion. Punk didn't lose the title. Punk was sitting up in the bleachers. With with the Paul Heyman with the championship, they didn't say he was injured, but he was he was injured, and that's why he didn't wrestle. And he was cutting he was cutting on the Rock, he was cutting on Cena, he was doing all this stuff, and he was injured. And he has hand injury, he got over it, and he was able to wrestle later on. But they didn't strip him; they just kept him the champion and didn't tell nobody. He just used his champion's right not to fight. So I kind of prefer at least that right. He won the title. They they didn't strip him. He was willing to give the title up. No, we'll have a we'll have someone who's a champion, and you guys can fight later. I kind of like that because like sometimes what happens a lot of wrestlers who get injured. Uh, let's say like what happened to um, I guess this isn't a good example, but you know what happened with Finn Balor, right? Then when he came back, he did not get his opportunity to fight for the title. It was oh, just like I he, I got an idea for Finn Balor, and I know we're kind of going off the rail here, but here, here's the, here's this idea. Um, so John Cena is going to be back this Monday, right? And remember last year when Cena fought Roman Reigns, they had yes. a contract signing 
where instead of Finn Balor signing, it was John Cena signing. So Finn Balor and Cena could probably be the first feud for Cena because they could bring up that issue that Balor never got his title shot. Do you think they'll do that? I, I, I have a feeling they could. That. I have a feeling they could do it sometime either before or after Cena and Austin Theory. So it could be Balor and the Judge of Day going against Cena and Edge because Edge and Cena never teamed up before. Yeah, I feel like that would just not be a very good match, though. It could be a good match. My problem with John is I don't. He doesn't need to come back. He <laughs> he's going. He's going to come back. <laughs> I, I feel at the same time he's at that level where it's like, dude, you're doing so much now. People love you. You don't have to go back. You don't have to wrestle <laughs> no more. Take it and go, bro. You've done enough. No one needs you back in a couple of matches. Why? So you can fight Roman Reigns. You don't need to do that. There's plenty of other talent they can build up to fight Roman Reigns. They're already bringing back Brock Lesnar, so it's like you know we don't need it. You don't you don't need it, bro. Don't get yourself lumped up with that. You're you're in a good you're in a great place, bro. People fucking love John Cena now more than they ever did before. You know, yes. so like you know we're we are not we're not going to forget about the awful booking for the most times for Cena. That's why I feel like you know. It, it, He's done enough. Like, we don't need you coming back because <laughs> it's like it's now it becomes once again the nostalgia trip. And, you know, yeah, is whatever. It's not going to do it anyway. With, with that being said, uh, whatever. Um, Finn Balor's career is over in WWE. It's not, there's nothing for him anymore. Um, but for this AEW um, world title thing, I did like how it was handled. They just booked the shit on the fly without giving any thought process. It happens. It happens. It's fucking wrestling, right? Shit happens. There's nothing. Sometimes you just there's nothing you can so, do. So, Rob, do you actually believe Tanahashi's winning this? Fuck no. Me neither. John Moxley is winning this. But like, I like how John said, like, I've been chasing you for three. I like how John finds a way of making you care, though. Like, John's like, it's not about the title. I wanted to fight you. I went to Japan. And you ducked me. I like how he, like, I fought these guys. I I couldn't get to you, the ace. Like, he made it work. Like, yeah. now I'm like, at first I was like, all right, I don't care about this match. Did he start talking? I'm like, okay, yeah, you got me to care about the match. I like how you made it personal. That's important. Once again, we've talked about this before. Make it personal. Make the story matter. That's why Eddie Kingston is over as Eddie Kingston is. He makes it personal. John made it personal. It wasn't like, oh, you know, you're the you're the famous wrestler in Japan, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm who. No, no, I went to Japan and I couldn't get my hands on you. You yes. ducked me. You did this. Now you're here and you have nowhere else to go. And another thing, I I'm like going. Another thing, I'm going to say too. They had that battle royal a few weeks ago to put in the number one contender for John Moxley, and when you look at these names. I didn't believe a single second anyone should have been in that battle royal other than freaking Adam Page. Look at these names. Lance Archer, Tony Nese, Daniel Garcia, Darby Allen, Eddie Kingston, Ricky Starks, Jake Hager, Ray Phoenix, Swerve Strickland, Keith Lee, John Silver, Takahashi, uh, Max, Ka- sorry, Max Caster, Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, Powerhouse Hobbs, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Dante Martin, Willa Yuta, and Andrade. Did any one of these names scream out to you, world championship contender? I did like the match, though. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty good battle royal. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed it. 
No, I, I, well, the Mariner may have been good, but the, when you read these names, did any one of them scream out to you, world championship contender? Hmm. I don't know. They're all where they are. I mean, I think they're all good guys. It's just, you know, I'm champion. I think eventually, like I said, we've said this a million times, some of those names on the list will eventually be, but they're not yeah. there yet. Definitely not there yet. They're, they're, they're in the, the future contender. I feel like, you know, I, I would have... I don't. I would have liked to see Andrade fight uh, Moxie because I never think. I don't think they ever fought each other. Yeah, that would have been interesting. That. Yeah, but I thought the match that the, that was was fine. Also, I thought the was it, it was uh, Kyle O'Reilly, right? Yes, Kyle O'Reilly. He did good. I thought it was very different styles. I liked it. I thought they did good. Cool match. I enjoyed. But I did enjoy the. I'm not gonna lie. I love the pay per view. I'm sorry, the, the the battle royal. I did enjoy it because they also told stories of guys that we have other feuds going on. And it helps set up some more storylines for other stuff too, which is once again, at least it made it uh, useful. Like I, I don't like when like we have a battle royal that literally doesn't mean anything. I prefer this battle royal that at least some storylines are getting. You're supposed to when you're doing a Royal Rumble or battle royal, if there's feuds happening, you gotta make sure that they matter in that battle royal. I feel like you need to have those storylines continue, and a lot of them did that in that in that match. Um, I love that Eddie Kingston was in it not because he wanted to fucking be in the Power Royal. He just wanted to get his hands at Daniel Garcia. <laughs> First thing he did, fucking uh, bite. I, that's yes. Continue your storyline. That's important. Now with that, um, my critiques out Mox. of the way. Um, Moxie is what it is, and yeah, I Mox, right. and I think this could be one of the best matches of the night. I, like I said, you got Tanahashi at the end of his golden part of his career, so I think you know he's going to have to give his all. So that that's where I feel that that is. So yeah, uh, hopefully it's good. Hopefully you know there's different styles work good together. Hopefully this pay per view is also shorter too. Yeah, I I, I yeah, hope so too. I don't think it's going to be uh, too too long. I hope, but uh, I'm going to watch it. So I'm going to be watching it. All right, that wraps up for this week's edition of Wrestling Court. Uh, thank you, Rob, for joining me. I uh, will have the discussion thrown up this. Sunday for the show because I'm going to be back and forth watching that end of BT Awards just to see who fucks up their performance. <laughs> That's fucking hysterical. That's what YouTube's for. Like you just like see it later. Oh my god! Let's get the hell out of here. Thank you for coming on, Rob. It's been yeah, a, a great one. Later. Bye.